Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 120. We're in his mind? More or less. This is Voloskov, his old hall. Shadow was relieved to see that Nancy was once more an old man wearing yellow gloves, although his shadow shook and shivered and changed in the flames of the fire, and what it changed into was not always entirely human. There were wooden benches against the walls, and sitting on them, or standing beside them, perhaps ten people. They kept their distance from each other, a mixed lot who included a dark-skinned matronly woman in a red sari, several shabby-looking businessmen, and others too close to the fire for Shadow to be able to make them out. "'Where are they?' whispered Wednesday fiercely to Nancy. "'Well, where are they? There should be scores of us here. Dozens!' "'You did all the inviting,' said Nancy. "'I think it's a wonder you got as many here as you did. You think I should tell a story to start things off?' Wednesday shook his head. "'Out of the question.' "'They don't look very friendly,' said Nancy. "'A story's a good way of getting someone on your side.' you don't have to have a bard to sing to them. No stories, said Wednesday. Not now. Later, there will be time for stories. Not now. No stories, right. I'll just be the warm-up man, said Nancy. And Mr. Nancy strode out into the firelight with an easy smile. I know what you are all thinking, he said. You are thinking, what is Compe Anansi doing coming out here to talk to you all when the Allfather called you all here, just like he called me here? Well, you know, sometimes people need reminding of things. I look around when I come in, and I thought, where's the rest of us? But then I thought, just because we are few and they are many, we are weak and they are powerful, it does not mean that we are lost. You know, one time I saw Tiger down at the water hole. He had the biggest testicles of any animal and the sharpest claws, and two front teeth as long as knives and as sharp as blades. And I said to him, Brother Tiger, you go for a swim. I'll look after your balls for you. He was so proud of his balls. So he got into the water hole for a swim, and I put his balls on and left him my own little spider balls. And then, you know what I did? I ran away, fast as my legs would take me. And that's our page. So, starting off, Voloshkov is one of Odin's halls. It's the one of the more important ones because he can sit on his throne and observe the universe as a whole from there. The name translates more or less to Shelf of the Slain, and is typically roofed with pure silver. Although this one, this version, does not seem to be so. My guess is this is a reflection of both Wednesday as the American iteration of Odin, but also a reflection of how bad things are getting for Wednesday over the last, what, decades? Maybe centuries, even? Instead of a silver roof, we have straw, and this more than anything reflects that lack of worship that he's been receiving. The beach area seems to have been something of an in-between area, a traveling place, but not a staying place, because Nancy's now back to being human again. Shadow does still see non-human shadows, but mostly it's a human shadow. As the keeper of the stories, Nancy naturally wants to start the room up with a story, get him warmed up, get him a little more amenable to whatever Wednesday's, I was going to say slinging, because it's probably shit, but I think Nancy's a bit of a different storyteller than most of the ones we've met in Neil's other works. Morpheus, Eve, Cain, and Abel, they're mostly reluctant storytellers in Sandman, and even in Anansi Boys, there's not... There's not a storyteller per se with the with the two protagonists, but there there's definitely a reluctance in them as well, at least for the most part. Mr. Ibis, who we haven't really met in the novel, is not so much telling stories as he is recording them, and we get to kind of peek inside, peek above his pen and see what he's writing. So Nancy's our first real, true storyteller in the book, although I guess we could argue Shadow's a bit of a storyteller. He's told his real-life story to Wednesday and an abbreviated version to Zoria Pulishnaya, and then he also told a fictional story as Andy Haddock to the police. 
So he's got at least a bit of a storyteller in him. Wednesday forbids Nancy from telling stories and says that stories will come later, but Nancy just can't help himself. A crowd of people around, and as he notes, there's not a bard available to sing and play music. Remember the bard from the Coming to America Viking story where he was one of the most traveled out of all of them, it seems like. Nancy starts off his story by introducing himself and reminding everyone that the audience is small and they're outnumbered and probably, I was going to say metaphorically, but even probably literally outgunned. And he's not talking up the coming war that Wednesday is going to propose very well. He's not even talking up their chances of survival overall very well. But it seems to be all part of his technique in telling the stories. He also introduces himself as Compe Anansi, and directly it sounds like it's just short for companion. So, you know, your your companion, your buddy, your friend. He's he's here as a friend and a storyteller, not as a god of war as Odin is, or, well, Wednesday is in this case. When other characters from the Anansi stories refer to him as Kampe, it seems like they're recognizing him, if not necessarily as an equal, but at least as familiar and friendly, despite him being a tiny spider versus their lion or hippopotamus or some other such larger creature, he's still seen on the same level as most of the other animals. And that's probably more due to his cleverness rather than his propensity for fighting or his strength or things that would be important to creatures like lion or tiger. And what sort of story does he tell? Well, he tells a story where he steals tiger's testicles. And that's just a great story to start out with. You have the seriousness of getting mauled by tiger, but you also have the humor of testicles. And really, I think you could do much worse for a starting story. How does it work out, though? Well, you'll have to come back tomorrow and we can find out together. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme song. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real.